Welcome to Beauty and Mr. B. This is Mr. B. Today I'd like to share with you an edited version of a talk I gave earlier this year on what can, should, and I believe must be done about our present system of education. My starting point is the clear failure of both public and private systems of education in the U.S. and throughout the world. There's not much left to reform. Precious little in the structures of established education that are worth saving. The heart of the present system has stopped beating. It's a heart that now lies dead beyond resuscitation. Thus, in this space, I begin to rethink the concept of education itself, a process that, over time, will gradually lead to the creation of a new system, an education that will actually serve the best interests of parents, children, and our neighborhoods. What's at stake here is nothing less than the future of society, and we all have a vested interest in this endeavor, Please think of this talk as an open invitation to take part in the creation of something new, to participate in a process of learning that will transform ourselves, our communities, and the whole of society. We all walk together in this, shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand, on the path of an ever-advancing civilization. Are you ready? Here's an edited transcript of this overview of a new approach to education. I am here to talk about the future of education, and I'm excited, very excited to be here. I'm excited to share with you a new approach to education, a way of thinking that can transform the lives of students, parents, and teachers. Yes, everyone an approach with power to constructively transform the entire fabric of society. Before I get too far into this overview, I should probably say a little about myself. My name is Robert Bleacher. Please call me Bob. I spent close to the first 20 years of my professional life in the legal profession as a lawyer. But because I reached the point where it became impossible for me to continue working within a system that is fundamentally unjust, and because I have always cared deeply, very deeply, about children, I would end up spending the next 20-plus years of my professional life as a soccer coach and educator, teaching high school social studies. For the past few years since my retirement, I've devoted more and more of my time learning how to contribute to the development of a system that can truly educate our children. A lot of people today, more and more in fact, complain about the many deficiencies in both public and private schools. So many people are becoming increasingly aware and vocal about all the ways that school systems fail to meet the legitimate needs of students, families, and communities. Yet, so few seem able to move beyond the analysis of all that's wrong with the present system. Very few move beyond the analysis of problems forward toward the general consideration of viable solutions. That's why I'm here, to share what I've been learning. And it's all good. There are solutions, 
Yes, solutions do exist, and this guidance is just waiting to be understood and translated into the life of our communities. I'm here today to introduce this conceptual framework for the creation of an entirely new system of education, one that, believe it or not, has been evolving since the early 1970s through the work of the Foundation for the Application and Teaching of Sciences, a nonprofit and non-governmental entity whose work in Colombia is based upon the teachings of the Baha'i Faith, the youngest of the world's independent religions. It's an education system with enormous potential to empower us, all of us, teachers, parents, and students, with the capabilities we need to achieve meaningful and lasting social change. Here's how I've put together this introduction. And that's all this is, an overview. In future podcasts and blogs, I will flesh out each of the essential concepts introduced here in more depth, much more depth, I promise. In this podcast, I will first touch on the organizing principle for this reconceptualization of education, the building of our capacities to actively participate in the process of creating meaningful social change. Once some insight into the concept of capability has been gained, I will then move on to introduce the three most fundamental capabilities that all students must cultivate if they are to be empowered as active agents in the progress of society. The capability to understand reality, the capability to more and more accurately describe present realities that exist in our neighborhoods, communities, and society, and third, the capability to sustain the moral actions that will be required for the world to be transformed from division toward unity. Let's begin with the idea of capability, the axis around which this new system is organized. To advance the process of social change, each one of us, children and adults, parents and teachers, must strive to cultivate our innate intellectual and spiritual capacities. We are all born with inherent capacities to know, to love, and to will. These capacities, along with so many others, must be actively nourished, however, before I can hope to contribute in meaningful ways to the progress of my life or the life of society. Here's a simple and profound truth. We cannot give to others what we ourselves do not possess. Therefore, before I can help to better the world so that it becomes a place where more and more of humanity live in prosperity, I must first seek to better myself. This process of growth begins with the development of a system of education organized not, I repeat not, upon the present structure of distinct and fragmented academic disciplines. Subject areas such as science, English, math, art, music, foreign language, and social studies. But instead, 
And I repeat, instead, education must be founded upon the development of those capabilities that allow and inspire students to participate in the processes of personal and social transformation. With this organizing principle of capabilities in mind, I can now share with you my present understanding of how these capabilities will be developed sequentially, logically, for teachers, parents, and students within this new conceptualization of education. First, all students must be helped to develop their capabilities for understanding. Every person is born with some capacity to understand reality. Yet, just because we're born with some measure of this potential, this seed, not all of us will cultivate to its fullest our capacity to understand. For example, huge differences exist between the simple memorization of information, what the present system considers to be knowledge, and genuine understanding. True understanding requires learning how to place information within larger and larger contexts, that we develop the ability to think in conceptual terms. Then and only then, what we know can begin to make sense, become relevant, provide our lives with guidance, and be of genuine value. This capacity to understand what is real Discerning between true and false must therefore become the intellectual and spiritual underpinning for the growth of our abilities to enrich human life and help the whole of society to progress. This capability for understanding involves two components. First, reading. Teachers, parents, and students, all stakeholders in society's future, must learn first to comprehend text well beyond memorization at increasingly sophisticated levels of conceptual understanding until each one of us can effectively translate into reality those qualities, intellectual and spiritual, that can help to pull humanity together in unity. We must learn to think less and less around clear-cut and dead-end yes or no answers, the kind that now students typically encounter on worksheets and multiple-choice exams, and think more and more in terms of active, independent conceptual inquiry, asking questions such as, what does the word knowledge actually mean? How do I place information within larger and larger contexts? And in what ways will contextualization enhance my understanding? Or at what point does one cross the threshold of knowledge from the assimilation of facts to genuine understanding? Conceptual understanding is inherently open-ended and therefore inquiries such as these call for the endless progress of human knowledge. Expression is the second component of understanding. Children and adults both must also engage in the process of learning how to articulate their own thoughts and ideas. Knowing includes the cultivation of our inherent capacities to effectively express verbally and in writing 
the contexts and concepts that we come to understand. Indeed, learning how to make sense of reality, to know rather than just memorize, has power that motivates each of us, students, parents, and teachers, to take responsibility for our own learning, nourish our ability and confidence to investigate what is true for ourselves, and to perceive within the depths of our hearts the immensely transformative power of language. There could be no question, none, that conscientiously attending to the discipline of nourishing this capacity, the power of words to create, is absolutely essential for social action to be effective. The second capability fundamental to this new approach to education is this, the capability to describe reality. Closely related to understanding is our capability to more and more accurately describe social reality. It's one thing to read well, even to express knowledge well, but this ability must be accompanied as soon as possible in the learning process with practical hands-on experience outside the classroom, in the world, that releases our powers to investigate what is true for ourselves to better perceive and explain the realities of our social relationships with family, friends, and neighbors. This is where the methods of science can and must assist in the development of our capabilities to advance the process of social change. The scientific method constitutes a tool which, applied properly in every subject area, Yes, I said every subject area, including literature, history, theology, philosophy, language, art, and music, all of them, can enhance our abilities for discernment and motivate our hearts to act upon what we know certainly to be true. Through logically sequenced scientific activities, observation, measurement, experimentation, the identification of patterns and relationships, the elaboration of models and theories, we can learn to more and more precisely describe social reality and collaborate better and better with others based upon what in fact is true. Being able to describe the realities of our world accurately is absolutely required if our efforts to transform society are to bear fruit. And third, in this new approach to education is our capabilities for moral action. It's one thing to know and describe social reality. It is quite another, however, to decide what must be done and how to act for meaningful and lasting social progress to be achieved. To improve our abilities to make wise decisions, choices that move humanity forward toward unity, we must be directed by the force of morality. Within this new paradigm of education, sufficient time and space must be devoted at every level to the cultivation of our abilities to act and act morally, to do what's best for others to love and to sacrifice. When words and deeds are not guided by the moral force of good, 
Knowledge can serve to oppress and exploit, even destroy, as easily as it can serve to benefit humanity. Reflect, please, on how many millions of lives were tragically lost in the 20th century alone because of advanced weaponry and the ideology of nationalism. Pause, if just for a moment, to consider the immensely destructive consequences of free market capitalism today on the world's ecosystems. What's most important to understand here is that moral values are not mere human inventions, social constructions devised to serve those who currently hold wealth, status, and power. No, moral values express eternal forces that exist within each one of us, inner forces that operate within the spiritual realm of every human being. Education, then, must be directly and explicitly concerned with the reality of these forces. As these, the powers of the human spirit, forces that naturally attract our souls to beauty, truth, and what is good, provide the only source of motivation strong enough to compel moral action no matter what, the only source resilient enough to overcome the challenges we will inevitably face in our efforts to advance communities and societies, indeed, civilization itself, toward the highest summit of existence in this mortal world, the unity of the entire human race. I hope that this introduction to the concept of capability and to the three most fundamental capabilities for the education of our children resonates with you as it does with me. Still, this new conception is only the beginning. It begins to enhance our understanding of what is possible, and this rethinking of education challenges us to begin finding ways in which this new framework can be implemented, tested, and gradually refined. What we must do today, I believe, teachers, parents, and students, is to sit humbly before this guidance provided by the foundation for the application and teaching of sciences in a posture of learning, as together we strive to better and better understand this new conception and translate this framework for action into the realities of our lives and the lives of our families, neighborhoods, and communities. We must become partners in this singular endeavor as we do whatever may become possible to develop ourselves and accompany others who, like us, would like nothing better than to participate in the creation of new educational structures that will allow our children and countless future generations to flourish cultivating their intellectual and spiritual abilities to the fullest, while at the same time actively engaging them in the processes of meaningful social change, sustaining moral action that over time will transform this world from its present condition of separation, division, and conflict toward one world civilization that will gradually come to live united within the perpetual state of material prosperity and universal peace. Please know that I am firmly 100% committed 
to actively participating in the process of developing this conceptual framework for a wholly new approach to education, one that will actually work for our communities and society. What this initiative requires is the building of communities made up of those who, like me, are devoted to this process of learning. If this is you, and you would like to join with me in this effort, please contact me at beautymrb at gmail.com. Yes, it's beautymrb at gmail.com, this podcast's email address. I promise to welcome you into this effort with open arms. Until I hear from you, and in the meantime, I do have one overriding wish and prayer for all of us, and that, my friends, is peace.